Hi everyone, Erin here. So sorry to interrupt today's episode, but I have something amazing to share with you. Do you want to become a mindfulness or well-being strategist? Perhaps so. If you do, I have the exact program for you. In partnership with UPeace, United Nations Institution, we are offering a three-month training to certify people in mindfulness and well-being strategy. This is a three-month virtual program plus one-week in-person retreat in Osada, Costa Rica. This certificate is in partnership with UPeace, a United Nations international school that focuses on social innovation, entrepreneurship, and peace building. The certificate will train participants in meditation, mindfulness, coaching, positive psychology, emotional intelligence, new ways of healing, sales funnels, branding, overall modern day wellness and how you can launch and grow a business. As a graduate, you can take on one-on-one clients as a well-being strategist, offer wellness programming in corporations, schools, and more. Build your own wellness programming and learn how to attract clients and grow your business. Definitely check out The links in the footnotes would love, love, love to have you. Thanks so much for listening and hope to see you soon. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Wise Woman Podcast. We are so grateful to have you here. We have a special guest host today, Zoe Flammenbaum. Enjoy. Welcome to the Wise Woman Podcast, featuring leading voices in 2019 and supporting women to fully show up, connect to their feminine authenticity and truth. I'm your host for today, Zoe Flammenbaum, and I love sharing the practical and proven ways that we as women can train our brains to create healthier habits for happier lives and to connect a community of good women with good values and good vibes. Today, I'm very, very excited to introduce our guest, Kate Scalisi. Um, She is an amazing advocate for the revolutionary power of pleasure. Um, She is a sex coach and she teaches, she does different types of, uh, wait, I need to reintroduce you. Sorry. It's okay. (laughs) Like, uh, you want, like, do you want to be titled a sex coach? Sex educator. Sex educator. Yep. All right. Okay, I'm going to start reintroducing Kate. Today on the show, I'm so excited to introduce our guest, Kate Scalisi, who is an advocate and a sex educator for the revolutionary power of pleasure inside the bedroom and out. She teaches all different kinds of public workshops. She does private counseling. She has an online platform called Passion by Kate, and I cannot wait to dive into everything that she has to share today. Kate, how you doing, girl? Good morning. (laughs) I'm so stoked to be here. I'm so excited to talk to you, always. Yes, I'm so excited to have you. And where are you sitting with us today? Uh, I'm currently at my apartment in New York City, sitting at my desk, looking outside Amazing. with lots of plants around me because that's how we roll in my house. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers to that, sister. Um, all right, so let's dive what, right in. Um, first of all, Kate and I met years and years ago at a blogger conference, and we connected 
we connected <laughs> over our love of kegels actually and that mm -hmm. um that completely you know is what you're about and kind of everything that i love about you so tell us a little bit about passion by kate and um your kind of your tagline which is freedom in pleasure yeah absolutely i still i love our meet cute i really do i was like walking around with with kegel beads and you're like oh i know what those are <laughs> it's a great meet cute um so yeah so passion by kate which is my platform and and kind of representative of the work that i do is really this one-stop platform or portal for all things sex intimacy and pleasure so whether you are looking to tune into what you want whether you just need to get a damn sex toy because your vibrator died and now you need a new one, or if you're looking for more nuanced conversations around how societal bullshit holds you back and kind of interacts with your sex life, we really have all of that there. And our focus is really on sharing practical, evidence-based, and social justice-informed insights and tools that will help you have a sex life that's really intimate, really exciting, and really fulfilling. And each of those, you know, each of those descriptors was chosen very carefully and very importantly based on now at this point, my 10 years of doing this work, because what I saw was that there is a lot of sex advice out there that's like, oh, you need to spend an hour a day on, you know, vulva massage. And if you don't do it, then like you clearly don't care enough to about your sex life. It's clearly not important enough to you. And I'm like, uh-uh, hold stop, hold up. <laughs> like we all have these really beautifully full lives and we have friendships and hobbies and relationships and hopefully careers that nourish us. And sex is one piece of that. Intimacy is one piece of that. So rather than pit it against each other and say like this has to replace, let's, let's think about things that are really practical and that you can incorporate into the things you're already doing because you, we also know from science, from how behavior change happens, that that typically for most people works better. Making small changes and building up that self-belief that you can do that, that you can have a more intimate, exciting and fulfilling sex life. For most people, not all, because we're all different, but for many people, it's about those small incremental changes versus like, let's just like, you know, give up everything and like go move to the middle of somewhere <laughs> and like off the grid and just have like day long orgies, which is also an option. <laughs> we, we do not judge if that's what you choose to do. Like have fun, please. Send us right. <laughs> but like instead, maybe instead of like the meditation, the five minute meditation, we do a five minute vulva massage and eventually we can move to the, <laughs> the communes for those. Exactly. <laughs> um, actually, I, I do want to ask you how you got started in this work. But b before I do that, because I also know we've discussed before kind of like the, there's this extreme, right? Like there's the nothing and then there's mm -hmm. the 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 orgies which is a little bit scary you know like it's not yeah, um yeah exactly so and even just the word the word sex in general is so powerful and brings up mm -hmm. so many different layers and triggers within us so um where do you kind of fall within those extremes i guess yeah so for me i look at pleasure and, and this idea of kind of finding freedom and pleasure as being very personal and as being about both your yes and your no. And what I mean by that is figuring out for yourself, what are the things that bring you pleasure? 
And that's like shedding layers of societally driven messages around, you know, who's attractive, what's normal, blah, 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 who deserves pleasure, those types of things. And then also, so it's saying yes to that. And then also saying no to the things that do hold you back. And again, these can be personal things, body image, self-esteem issues. These can be interpersonal things like issues in relationships that are just festering and never talked about. And again, these can also be societal things, messages around, you know, your body being worthy of pleasure and whatnot. So it, it really varies. And I think that, you know, as a society, we like to really distill things down to, you know, this or that, to binaries, to something to making these blanket statements. And in reality, it's a really personalized experience. So what I always say is that like, I take the research, my job is to stay on top of the research and best practices, but you live in your body 24 seven. And it would be completely irresponsible and disrespectful of me to disregard your lived experience and what you, what you tell me is your truth. It doesn't mean I'm not going to challenge that to go deeper. It doesn't mean I'm not going to push you to, to get underneath the things you're telling me. But when we bring those two together, that's when the magic happens. When we can say like, here's what the research says and here's how your experience with this has been. Let's merge those. Let's alchemize them. Amazing. And I think an amazing message too is um, kind of saying pleasure, pleasure is personal. There is no really one is. right or wrong way. There is only your way. Um, exactly. That's, which is and really amazing. Yeah. And I often say like the only people whose opinions about your sex life matter are you and the people are the person or people you're having sex with. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it doesn't matter, you know, how often or how or what types of sex acts or who you're having sex. Like none of that matters as long as you and whoever you're fucking are happy. I hope it's a lot of <laughs> I hope so too. We'll make it work. <laughs> and right, like if you two are satisfied, or you three, or however many are satisfied, then who cares what you know you're quote unquote supposed to or should do because you're satisfied. So right. Let's work on letting that go and releasing those messages. Cheers, like cheers to that times a million. Um, I'm, I'm really, I want to get back to diving into this societal bullshit, but I really would love to know how you stepped into this work and, and how you got started kind of doing what you do. You said you've been doing this work for a decade. So what was the moment that, you know, you said, you're like, oh my goodness, freedom and pleasure. Like, that's it. Like, uh, where, what was that turning point for you or what is your journey? Yeah, so... I officially started my sex ed journey, if you will, in college. Um, but you know, I look back now and growing up, I was always that friend. And amongst sex educators, we tend to fall into one of two categories. We were either the person who like, we were the kid teaching all the other kids the proper names for genitals in like preschool, <laughs> or we grew up really repressed. And our journey to sex ed came through this like, you know, rebelling against that. So for me, you know, I was the kid whose Barbies were having sex, whose mom was the cool mom and all her friends were going to. And so in college, when the opportunity to sell sex toys arose, honestly, I said yes. And the, the common theme in my story is I just kept saying yes. Hmm. And at the time, my partner was working abroad and I needed money and I also to visit him. <laughs> and I also wanted an adventure that I could call my own. And to be perfectly honest, I thought I was going to 
do a few things, like do a few parties, make my investment back, earn enough to go on like a fabulous Euro trip and then be done. Like that was my goal going into it. And I can so clearly remember the first event I hosted, we had like 30 people show up and all I really knew was like the, the information in the book that the company had given us, which was very salesy as you can imagine. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden people, some were close friends, some were acquaintances, were sharing these, their sex stories, mm -hmm. the good, the bad, the, I mean, you name it. They were just, oh my God, here's my word vomit. And I was so honored, but also really terrified. And I remember being there and being like, cool, even if you're only doing this work short term, you got to step, you know, step the F up because you need to be able to support these people. And that company book is not doing the trick here. So that was really where it, it started for me. And afterwards I worked with cancer patients and I, I saw this huge disconnect between mm -hmm. the information the patients wanted and how the doctors responded to the fact that I was broaching the topic of sex with patients. Mm -hmm. And by that, I mean the patients were endlessly gra grateful and the doctors were pissed off. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they were wow. actually mad at me. And I was like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm like a little intern. You don't talk to my principal investigator. I'm just doing what I was told. To, right. I just totally was like, bye. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not getting paid enough to deal with this. If you want to yell at someone, you can yell at the dude leading the study. Mm -hmm. And they, and they never did. Right. Because they, they wouldn't. And so there, what happened for me there was I really started to See the breadth and the depth of human sexuality as well as the shame that society places on it. I think I had always known it, but kind of seeing it so clearly laid out in this dichotomy was, it was just eye-opening for me. And that was continued when I was in grad school. And I, again, met so much resistance to the fact that I wanted to focus on pleasure as a public health issue. Mm -hmm. And talk about, in that case, specifically sex and cancer survivorship. And professor after professor was like, nope, 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 doesn't count, doesn't count, doesn't count. I was like, oh, okay. Hmm. And it was around that time, and I, I don't remember exactly when, when this idea of freedom and pleasure really came to the surface. Because again, I realized that like we needed to be free to have these conversations. We needed to be free to study these topics. And we needed to be free to make changes and do what we needed to do to bring us pleasure, whatever that looked like. And that looked, you know, at that point, right, I'd worked with college students, with cancer patients. In grad school, I worked with survivors of sex trafficking. So it looks very different. And that's where the, really the freedom comes in. Wow. Um, tell us a little bit about your your research or what you discovered or what kind of gap you're, you're filling now. Cause from what it sounds like there was there, I mean, there is a huge, <laughs> there, right. There is a huge yeah. gap between, you know, what's accepted mm -hmm. and, in a medical sense, let's say, and what is just kind of looked at as woo. And I know that you're um, like me interested in the science and the spirit and the neuroscience. Yeah. And I the love woo. that. Yeah. So, yeah. so where, um, like where where are you now filling that gap or um what are you seeing kind of in your work that is that is bridging those that that divide yeah so 
again, going back to this idea of honoring, of, of thinking about things both and. And I earlier this year, I participated in this fabulous racial justice class through, through one of my congregations, one of my communities here. And they introduced this idea of like a, a white supremacist culture thinks about everything as either or. Mm-hmm. And challenging that means thinking of things as both and. And I have seen that since that idea was planted in my head, I have just like, I feel like it was another one of those moments where things just got like my, like blown wide open. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, this is everywhere. Right. Can and you, so can you, can you tell us more yeah, about this? Both yeah, ends? absolutely. And so in this case, it's again, it's both the science and recognizing that the studies that get funded and how funding works has limitations mm-hmm. and how science works has limitations and that we all grow up in a society that is very sex negative and very shameful and unless, you know, say researchers or healthcare providers have actively worked against that negativity and that shame, they are unwittingly and not, not necessarily, not always, but many of them are unwittingly and not to cause harm, but contributing to it because mm. just, you know, again, any of the isms, whether it's sex negativity, racism, able, whatever, if you're not actively working against it, you unwittingly are contributing to it. And so it's that And then it's also looking at, okay, what are these, you know, woo-woo, these spiritual practices that have been dismissed, poo-pooed, put down? And A, for many of them, there actually is a really valid neuroscience explanation for things. And I look at, I think about a lot of tantra practices that go back to, you know, the vagus nerve and the benefits of mindfulness. And these are things that we're just now starting a study, but that have been traditionally used forever. Um, and also at what point are those maybe not the best option? So it's taking a really big view. And this is how, this is how I do my work is I try to look at the entire field. And so, you know, before we started recording, I was saying that you're a connector and that's really your superpower. And one of my superpowers is being able to take this big picture view and distill it down into really actionable, again, practical tools and steps. And I have, you know, I'm connected into the many different parts of the sexuality world. So I have good friends and colleagues who are in the sex tech realm and who are therapists and who are scientists and who are tantra practitioners. And I think instead of being pitted against each other, because that doesn't help anyone, the work that I do through Passion by Kate is taking all of that and taking the best of it and giving people options and saying, you know, if... I, you know, I have some counseling clients who we get on the phone and we do a beautiful meditation at the start of every practice and we talk to their, you know, inner child and, and right. And they love it and it works for them. And mm-hmm. then I have other people who like, I mentioned meditation and they're like, no, nah. I'm like, okay, cool. It, you know, let's talk about it, but also I'm not going to foist something on you that you aren't willing or, or might not work right for you because we're all so different. And so let's take all of it together and pull out the pieces that are going to work for the individual. Mm-hmm. So it's both the science, like you said, the spirit and mm-hmm. the science and the spirit, both of them together. Amazing. Um, and I guess also be, because you work in such kind this, this wide space, um, is there anything 
that you see, I mean, there's lots of things happening in the world today in terms of sexuality and, mm -hmm. you know, gender and, mm -hmm. you know, humanity is really shifting and opening and, and yes. broadening. So, <laughs> it's, yes, exactly. Um, so where do you kind of like, in, in, from when you started, say, 10 years ago and what you're seeing today, um, are there any trends that you're seeing mm. or um, is there something that you think needs like, um, like what needs immediate policy shift um, yeah. or kind of where if you take us to what you see in the big picture in terms of, you know, this healthy uh, realm of sexuality that we all need to be moving towards? Yeah. Um there's a few things that, that are trends and I'll do trends and then policy because I, I think they're slightly different. So there are a few trends. Number one is just increased consumer awareness. And that, you know, was going to happen as social media and the internet and everything continues to explode. Um, right. You think back, like I think back when I started this and I think maybe a few of my friends had smartphones, Instagram didn't exist. Facebook was still only college students. You needed that college URL to, or email to add, right? So just access to information has made consumers so much smarter and more discerning. And whether we're talking about sex toy materials and the massive shift that's happened because consumers are like, oh yeah, this vibrator is 10 bucks and cool. It's like going to burn my vagina. That's mm -hmm. no fun. Okay. Um, or just the qual again, information that is being shared. So that's a big one. And the other big one I would say is sexual is that sexuality education for so long was focused on, you know, this, this partner's pleasure. And I, I think very much of the, like the Cosmo, how to please your man mm -hmm. effect, if you will. And slowly, but, and at the time I will say that was revolutionary. So I don't want to poo poo. Like when Cosmo started, that was, that was revolutionary. And I think we need to respect things within, within their time. Mm -hmm. um, and also we're past it now. And so really where I see us being and going is really taking a such a more intersectional and nuanced look at sex and pleasure and saying, okay, cool. It's not just about what you do, but it's also about who you are and how you identify. Those things all impact. It impacts the messages you receive about sex. It impacts, you know, things, very practical things like whether or not you are more or less likely to experience trauma, sexual or otherwise. Um, and those things all live in the body. And we know that now. We, we really have a deeper understanding of that now. Um, which leads me to the third trend is also being more trauma-informed and understanding, again, taking a lot of these woo-woo ideas of embodiment and looking and actually studying them and being like, oh, damn, yeah. When you experience trauma, it fundamentally alters your brain. Mm -hmm. It's not unfixable, but it makes you more hyper-aware. It increases your stress. It, you know, it does all of these things. And we're finally recognizing that and seeing that like, you can't just go into a room and say a bunch of stuff without rec assuming that there are people with different identities, that there are survivors, and that there are people with trauma in the room. Mm -hmm. um, so that thankfully is having a shift. Um, and we're also just seeing new voices in the space that are just long, long, long overdue. So that was, that was trends. Uh, in terms of policies, yeah, I mean, you know, in many ways, uh, the U.S. at least is going backwards with a lot mm -hmm. of policy right now. Um, we're seeing access to abortions being stripped away. We're seeing transgender protections being stripped away. 
And those feel so, so urgent. Um, you know, we're not seeing justice for the people of color who are killed, particularly black people, particularly black trans women. There's no outrage, there's no conversations. And those are things that we need to start seeing really deep changes in. Um, and we need to start incorporating these conversations and these types of trainings into just all professions, hmm. medical field, uh, public service, education, they just, it, it's long overdue that these intersectional conversations aren't happening in a formal educational environment in addition to the informal ways. Um, and there are so many people doing this space, so they're doing this work. And so it's not even about anymore, like, oh, no, it's, it, people are doing it mm -hmm. and they're out there. <laughs> it's a matter of, of looking and prioritizing it. Hmm. I mean, it is, it, I Everything that you said is true, and I think everyone kind of has their own experiences with, um, you know, how they grew up, what surrounded them, how they were educated, um, what what kinds of uh, flash in front of their eyes in regards mm -hmm. to sex and education, and and how we are also in relationship to pleasure with ourselves today and also in partnerships. Yes. Um, I know, you know, I'm on my own journey. I think that's for a different podcast, um, <laughs> but you know, but, but everyone is impacted by this, by this field, whether they know it or not mm -hmm. and whether they're, they're willing to acknowledge it or not. Yeah. Um, yeah. so I guess th like the next step would be, um, I want to talk to you more about, about pleasure, maybe on, yeah. a, on a personal level, because mm -hmm. I think at the end of the day, you know, we can talk about the trends and we can talk about the policy, um, mm -hmm. but as individuals and yeah. as, as wise women, we have to start <laughs> with ourselves, right? Yes. So um, I know that, you know, you have um, your, your freedom and pleasure, and I know that you, you mentioned that pleasure is revolutionary. Mm -hmm. So what, is, what does that mean to you? Yeah, and, I was and, actually just writing yeah. about this before, <laughs> um, we, uh, before we jumped on. <laughs> so we live in a world that tells us our worth directly comes from our productivity. And pleasure in many ways is the opposite of that. It's not productive. It is a purely sensual experience. And when I say sensual in this way, I really mean like of the senses, not necessarily any like trying to say sensual instead of sexual. Mm -hmm. And so choosing pleasure is a direct middle finger, if you will, <laughs> to this, this, this narrative. And it also means, right, we know that in order to experience pleasure, often, again, we have to kind of let go of a lot of these internalized messages. And so that in and of itself, again, challenges the narrative. And when other people see us in that pleasure, it inspires them to do the same. And I think about, you know, this idea of change starts within ourselves and also within our communities. Because if we only stay within ourselves, nothing changes on a larger level. It has to start with us and, and also trickle into our communities. So I think about, you know, I think about Coffee Kegels and Conversation, which is the, the women's group that you started mm -hmm. and that I also host here in the city. And it is deeply personal work, but the magic really happens because we're in community and sharing about that deeply, those deeply personal changes and insights that we're having. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm really in particular thinking of one where someone new came, she was a younger, a, a younger person 
And she said, she asked a question about experiencing orgasm during sex. And it, I had the most, like the biggest proud mom moment. Cause I didn't even have to respond. Mm-hmm. Like all the women in the group were like, Oh no girl. Uh-uh. <laughs> and like just jumped in and like did that mothering. And it was mm-hmm. all because they had done their own work and been on their own journeys, but it's that magic that happens when we're together. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I really think of pleasure And especially if you are someone for whom pleasure is not accepted, right? So pleasure is typically accepted for certain people in society and less accepted for others. And I think particularly in this case, um, for example, people with disabilities are often infantilized and Mm -hmm. they're seen as like, oh, well, they must not have sex or even want to have. No, they're humans. Of course, Mm -hmm. (laughs) they want to experience pleasure. And so when, say, like, right, the act of 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 experiencing pleasure, excuse me, of choosing pleasure is really just this transgressive subversive act. Hmm. And it's standing up for yourself and it's pushing against these, at this point, really harmful, they don't help anyone. These messages around productivity, right? We know that as a society, we're all barreling towards burnout. Mm -hmm. We're all, you know, so every time we choose pleasure or we choose to be in a hard moment and find pleasure in it, we're challenging that. And, we're, and I truly believe we're also healing a part of ourself and a part of our communities when we share that, that narrative too. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I, I, wanna, I, I want you to share a little bit more about the, the Coffee Kegels conversation and just share like, what, that, what that experience is for you and that it exists in New York City and that it mm. is, you know, share, share mm-hmm. like a, just a touch about it. Oh my gosh, it's my favorite day of the month. I'm so <laughs> endlessly grateful that you created this and gifted me the opportunity to share it here. Um, are you asking, like, can you clarify the question a bit? Are you asking me like what happens at it or more yeah. of an emotional? Um, I think, I think what, what <laughs> happens, like basically how can how can we choose our own pleasure right so what goes down at this at this coffee kegels that allows or creates yes. the opportunity for each individual woman to Got it. find her pleasure whatever that might be got it perfect so coffee kegels in conversation takes place in new york at least on a saturday morning mid-morning brunch time and that in and of itself <laughs> is a choice of pleasure Choosing to take two and a half hours for yourself, no cell phone, no to-dos, just to be and to be in community with other powerful, progressive women uh, is choosing pleasure in and of itself, right? Like you could show up and not do anything else and that in and of itself, in my mind, it counts, <laughs> if you will. Mm-hmm. At the event, um, really, it's about, I think the, the briefest way to say it is it's about connecting deeply with yourself, your inner wisdom, as well as the other women in the, in the circle that day. And being there to uplift each other, to laugh together, to empathize and support and rally around each other. And now that we, it'll be two years that I've been running these here in New York um, this summer. It'll be our two-year anniversary. I can't wait. And we have this community of regulars. And it also means that on days when I'm struggling to hold space, everyone is just lifting each other up. So like two months ago, I, I had a dental emergency and I was like not feeling good. And one of our regulars showed up and like new people came in and she was just like, hi, welcome. Mm. And I was like, I didn't even ask her. She just did it. 
And that's the spirit of community that, that we have built. And that happens. People become friends. We go out for drinks. We hang out outside now. But at the core, it's choosing to take some time to step out of the, the go, go, go and to just connect. Right. Connect to your own version of pleasure, whether like that has actually nothing to do with sex at the end of the yep. day. Um, and I know that sometimes, you know, it can get really skewed. Um, mm -hmm. But really, like you've said so many times, pleasure is knowing, knowing what's, what's yes and no for you. Mm -hmm. um, and all pleasure is interconnected, right? So the mm -hmm. more we can experience it in all different aspects of our lives, even the challenging ones, the easier it is, right? The more our minds seek it out, the more we then practice it. And so, you know, it, the more you can experience it, the more you experience it, basically, <laughs> which is a wonderful, wonderful aspect of it. Okay, now I have to ask you, I ha you're a sex educator, I need to ask you, like, juice. Like, okay. tell <laughs> give us, give us your top three tips. I want to experience pleasure right now. Give us your top three tips on, on, on where to go. How can, like, we find our freedom and pleasure? Your top three tips. Top three. How much time do we have left? <laughs> We only have a few minutes. This is, okay. like, this is the one of the final questions. So. Cool. Um, okay. <laughs> top three is, oh, this is a tough one. Okay. <laughs> number one, I ha I'll, I'm just going to spit all these. Okay. Yeah. So number one is to breathe more deeply during sex, particularly when you orgasm. And so typically what happens when we start making our way towards an orgasm is we get very like high pitch, like, <laughs> and it's very like in the chest and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm not demonizing it just so everyone listening is clear, mm -hmm. but it changes the experience entirely. If you can breathe more deeply into the pelvic floor, into your lower belly and you're, it's going to sound more like a deeper, like, <sighs> right. It's going to sound a little more grunty and it changes the experience. So try that. Just give it a try. Just play with it. And if you want to try on your own first, that way no one else is there. You don't have to worry about it. So that would be number one. Number two is to have an end of the workday ritual that is fun and silly. And this is simply, but well, not simply, not simply at all, powerfully uh, helps your brain kind of switch off more easily, which means you're also going to sleep better. It means it's going to be easier to have sex if you want to. So many fun things. Um, but it also can be really fun and a good way to stress relief. I personally prefer having a good old-fashioned dance party in my living room, uh, but it can be whatever is convenient for you. I also work from home, so it's easy to, <laughs> to crank on some tunes and do. Uh, one of my clients actually brings an essential oil blend with her and just has an inhale that she does as she's leaving the office and mm. kind of just takes a few minutes to breathe it in, and it's so powerful. Um, that's number two. So breathe deeply during sex and orgasm. Have an end of the day fun work rich or end of the workday ritual. And number three is to spend some time journaling, meditating, reflecting, however you do that, uh, on what you want sexually, pleasure wise. What are the things that sound really fun and juicy? and just spend some time leaning into those. It can help to do this going through the senses. For some people, that's how their brains work. For others, they just prefer a nice little free write. But until we know what we want, we can't ask for it. Hmm. 
So this whole like, oh, just speak up and tell them what you want is great, except if you don't know, which is one of the most common things I hear from clients at workshops, counseling, when I'm at a bar and someone finds out what I do is like, I don't know what I want. So how do I ask for it? Mm -hmm. So spend some time figuring that out and then you can ask for it. And I would be remiss just if I did not say that um, there are a ton of resources, particularly around the journaling and the talking about sex on, on the site on Passion by Kate. Amazing. I will definitely be doing one, two, and three. One, probably not with a partner, but I definitely... Okay, you don't need it to. Exactly. You do not need a partner there. It you don't even need orgasm. Fun. Exactly. Nope. It's good. It's good practice anyway to breathe mm -hmm. into your pelvic floor. It's like the ultimate connector, and it helps mm -hmm. you figure out what you want. And it um, just so drastically, like your orgasm. I can't wait to hear how it goes for you. <laughs> I, can't wait, I can't wait to share. Um and okay, so we're, we're winding down, unfortunately, because I, I literally have about a bajillion more <laughs> for you. Also in terms of like the pleasure in the sex and also in terms of like, you know, the public policy and, mm. and the science behind it. And I think we could have plenty of more conversations. And uh, for anyone who is listening, I really, really encourage you to go visit, visit Passion by Kate because I think that your site and the information that you share really, really does bridge a gap between um, a lot of things that are missing in the market and Thank you're you. fun and you're real and you just like, you know how to make these, these deep topics really feel light and approachable. And so I'm so happy and honored to, to, you know, be connected with you and be, be in this space with you. So thank you for all of the work that you do. It's really amazing. The um, feeling is so mutual. <laughs> and I also just want to quickly say for anyone listening, Kate is spelled K-A-I-T. So if you tried it, K-A-T-E, and you're like, this thing doesn't exist, that's why. <laughs> yes. yes. Um, thank you, Kate. And mm -hmm. okay, so the last and final question that we have with you today if you had every woman in the world was listening right now and you had yes. one message to share, um, what would the one message that you want to share with every woman of the world be? Hmm. Let go of the shoulds around sex, especially, but everything else. It's not finding freedom and pleasure, right? In sex and life isn't about comparing yourself to anyone else. It's about tapping into what you want and letting go of those shoulds. So let, let go of the shoulds. I, I second, third, uh, fourth, fifth, <laughs> eighth, eighth that. Um, yeah, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And it's definitely um, something that I also really take with me too. Um, because as women, we've been, we've been just so inundated with messages about what we should be. Mm -hmm. And it's time to really let go of that mm -hmm. and just say, no, this is who I am. This is what I yeah. want. Um, mm -hmm. And this is how I find my pleasure. Um, yeah. So, so thank you. Thank you so much for thank sharing you. that. Um, go check out at Passion by Kate and everything that she does. For everyone who is listening, um, thank you so, so much. Please feel free to comment with your thoughts. Feel free to ask questions. Uh, feel free to, I know Kay will always be open to questions. Mm -hmm. As always, um, podcasts, we love high ratings. We love subscribers and we love likes and shares. So if there's any 
woman that you feel would benefit from listening to this talk, um, please feel free to share it with her. And that uh, we hope to listen to you and hear from you very soon and looking forward to chatting again. So thank you so much to all the wise women listening. And this is Bill and Kate signing off. Woo!